What's up, pukers? Pukers. You're listening to PukeCast. The show that pukes out the truth to everything you need to know to rise and thrive in the Web3 world. Because it's all about puking rainbows and smoking hopium. To this episode, we are speaking to the team behind Shatoshi's Runner. So let us get started by just a simple introduction from you guys. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for the invite and thank you for hosting us. So uh, for, I guess, everyone in the audience that is still unfamiliar with Satoshi Runners, uh, we can get started a little bit about the lore backstory and also how the new baby collection expands onto that lore. Does that sound good? Yeah, all good. Awesome, awesome. So just as a, a super quick refresher, Satoshi Runners, um, it's, it's a story that takes place in a futuristic world where blockchain technology has become standard life protocol. And in this world, the government has quickly found their way to acquiring an abundant amount of control over this technology and use this edge in order to control the worldwide finances. Now, Satoshi Nakamoto and his army of 7,777 runners banded together to fight against this um, government's control. And during the waves of war, Satoshi found himself taken hostage by this government. And now onto the baby side of the story, one of the legendary baby Satoshi runners, codenamed Archer, was ta- was, was uh, tasked with rescuing Satoshi Nakamoto from the enemy. And that's uh, pretty much the gist of our lore without any major spoilers. <laughs> I, I think one thing I, I definitely like, um, you know, lore that is simple. These days, you know, when people... Sh- that their attention span is really short. They only remember a certain bits and pieces of things. And I think um, for, for a lore where she's just, you know, something simple and easy to get it, people really vibe with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think something that's been missing from a lot of these NFT collections, when you have a one-of-one, when you have a legendary, besides artwork, what does that truly mean, right? It means a little bit of more utility and tokenomics, sure, but... I always felt that if every single legendary or one-on-one has their own, like they are their own main character inside the greater universe of Satoshi runners. So if we had like 10 different stories coming from 10 different runners, all in different, all happening at the different times, I think when that comes together to form a story in the form of a narrative anime or kind of movie, that's what I kind of envision in my head as the story gets written. Does, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, definitely. And also one thing I want to add on is that I, I see that often, you know, when projects, they have uh, one-ones or, you know, special, super limited edition. But after, you know, we spend more, for example, more if to purchase that, it, it doesn't really reflect um, the benefit you have instead of having a regular NFT. And I think one thing mm. that you guys really put it out there, uh, even as I go through, is like, you know, the hackers, they are really, you, if you get those hackers, you really benefit much much more compared to just the Genesis, the normal collection. And I think that's one thing that you guys did really well. Thank you, thank you. And yes, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I think this kind of also segues onto the tokenomics thing that we were about to talk about. But essentially, uh, normal Satoshi runners generate 10 Satoshi tokens per day, right? And the baby hackers, the baby legendaries, they generate 50. And the Genesis collection hackers, they generate 200. So it, it is, as you say, Oh, having a hacker, it's not just a really nice PFP. It actually is an incredible, incredible asset to generate a lot of tokens. So it's definitely in their holder's best interest to acquire hackers. 
<laughs> yeah. So how's how's everything? You know, I I just know that you guys recently congrats on your launch of the baby shatoshis and also the breeding. Uh, it must be pretty hectic the last couple of weeks, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, lots of questions and a lot a lot of memes. A lot of memes about uh, how does two maybe male entities come to create children, and why is creating children so easy? <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't I didn't think about it, but when you when you put it out there, yeah, it's it's kind of weird right now. <laughs> a little bit, yes, but I think the more uh, technical aspects of the questions, along with the the tickets that we've been getting, is um. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, contract-related questions that, uh, that are involved in uh, how to breed. So it's definitely a little bit more complicated than what it meets the eye. But the general, the general concept is, yes, if you have two Satoshi runners from the Genesis collection, you're able to spend 600 tokens of, in our ecosystem to have them breed to create an egg, which is the, uh, the pre-reveal form of a baby Satoshi runner. Yeah. So how important is it uh, to launch your baby Shatoshis um, to contribute into your ecosystem? I think it came at a really good time in terms of the two different aspects. The first is just that we had a lot of this art ready and ready to go probably about around, I would say, May or even earlier, probably around April, actually. But the community was kind of torn. Like we, so Some of us wanted the art to come out faster, but then the, some of us wanted to hold it until the bull returns, which may or may not be next year. We don't really know that, right? We don't have a crystal yeah. ball. But the overall consensus was that, yeah, like we have this art, people don't, people don't want to wait anymore. And they want to see like what they're, they want to see what the future holds. They want to see what the lore is going to be. So we decided to, despite all market conditions, we, we decided to go through with it. Yeah, I I think I, I definitely would love the HD animated pixel art. I, I think in terms of like pixel art, projects out there uh, your project is definitely one of the more higher definition so i think one thing good is that you know and it's, and it's animated as well definitely something extra that we can find in the in the in the space but what what do you think you know when you are launching the baby do you have you know because currently market is so uh, affected by the free mean meta and things like that do you when you are launching it have you like you know contemplate about this yes we did actually so one of the biggest things that was in our concern with the free mid meta is that like, while it's great, like <laughs> free mid meta is it's pumping our, <laughs> our bags in the midst of a bear market. Right. So what's better yeah. than that? But the, uh, the unfortunate truth of it is that when, um, when a project comes out as a free mint, I would say 95 out of a hundred projects will probably tank within the first 24 hours. And it's because they have no roadmap. They have no utility. It is, quite literally there is no roadmap let's launch if we make it we make it if we don't no one's going to remember us anyway in 24 hours that is definitely not what satoshi runners and the baby collection is aiming to do but we have a very concrete utility behind our team behind our marketplace behind the project and we wanted to have the baby satoshi runners as a second collection to amplify that to build on towards that utility so for us to make it a free mint it could have been hype for the first like day or two but a quick pump and dump is definitely not what we're going for. So we decided against that. Yeah, I, I think def definitely one thing we can see is that, you know, projects that probably they did like um, free after freeming, even the volume these days doesn't pump up to, you know, uh, 1,000 or 2,000 if it's only like a few hundred. And then projects like this, I think, you know, after after doing so much work, doing a freeming, they don't really feel motivated to continue. And then... I, 
even even the last uh, project I think I minted uh, Freeman was fantasized and after like one like what you say 24 hours the Discord uh, and the Twitter got deleted so <laughs> definitely oh, uh, yeah it's definitely tricky now and um, better use a burner if you are minting these kind of projects right yes 100% this this man has a dumb pack he knows exactly what he's doing in the Freeman meta that's 100% required <laughs> yeah so could you did you, did you sell the fantasize? No, oh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm still. No, yeah, it's okay. I'm still keeping it. Have, have you heard about the project? Yeah, yeah. I actually got um a poop golem. <laughs> <I got it. laughs> did, did you realize that today when you type "fantasize NFT," all the posts about it being a rug came out, and uh, there's another page that created, and then there's like calling out um the founders and stuff like that. So, I, I think too oh, much I see. <laughs> too much drama and this kind of stuff. I see, I see. Um, I guess uh, I guess this is one of those moments I should say, uh, not financial advice, but I totally papered them, like, <laughs> within the first hour. <laughs> yeah. So, um, maybe you could explain a little bit about, you know, uh, the difference between your Genesis, the hacker, and even baby, you also have baby hackers, right? So, total, you have, yes. like, four types of different NFTs. Correct. Uh, four different types of NFTs, and I think they can be grouped into two separate batches, so one being Genesis and one being Baby. So we briefly uh, talked about this earlier, but a Genesis collection, uh, Satoshi Runner NFT, generates 10 Satoshi tokens per day. And these tokens are basically the currency that you will require to use in order to purchase NFTs, whitelist bots, and, uh, and subscriptions off of our marketplace. So how did the baby collection come into play? Babies are able to amplify the yield of the Satoshi Runners Genesis collection by a percentage-based amount. And they're able to do this when you group stake them. And this, uh, I, wish I, can, I wish I can screen share or show you guys this diagram. <laughs> but essentially, we have, a, we have a group staking system where each group can accommodate one Genesis collection runner plus two babies. And since the babies are so limited, there will only be, ever be a finite number of groups that can be created. So if you own a hacker or you own a baby hacker, these are very powerful, very limited uh, Satoshi token generating sources. And it, it is in your best interest to pair them up with uh, the limited number of babies that are available to maximize your yield. I, I saw your diagram and you, you guys have like a few uh, recommended pairing system uh, to generate maximum yield. Is, is the yield when you get it uh, able to purchase in your whitelist market? Yeah, so the optimized staking, uh, in order to, to, I guess, to maximize your staking, you could sit there and toggle your NFTs and have fun looking at your artwork to figure it out. But our developer actually came up with a function that is uh, called optimized staking. So if you group all your guys in one page with the optimized staking, the contract will actually determine the maximum yield and stake it for you in order to generate the most amount. So that way it kind of bypasses all the math and all the, the calculation that you got to do behind the scenes. Wow. So uh, speaking speaking all of this, are you by any chance, you know, uh, involved in like the death work or you are more towards the art side? I wish I was one-tenth as skilled as any of these guys in terms of dev work i look at a contract and i see numbers like okay i can guess what this is but that is about <laughs> that is about the, uh, the limit of my development contract vernacular so i guess the long the short answer is no i don't 
<laughs> because I I think what what's important as a founder is is more towards you know running the whole project, make, making sure everything is smooth. And one thing um you know there's tons of projects these days that that is um you know every day they are minting. And what what I think you know I I saw your project uh early early this year and you know till now you guys are continuously developing more and more stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that really shows uh, the difference between projects that you know just mint out and then kind of like having the slow rap versus compared to, you know, projects like your your one that, you know, is continue building and innovate. So when I talk about innovate, what I really love is um, you, you talk about the cross-ecosystem token. I think mm-hmm. that is something that um, you guys are being innovative on. Maybe you can share a little bit about it. Yes, absolutely. I'm so flattered. I, I keep on talking about this on like every single YouTube video. So I'm happy someone actually brought this up. <laughs> so... De- definitely, bro. I, I need to understand your project in order to do this. And that is something that caught my attention. So I definitely have to ask you. That's it. Yeah, for sure. So for those who don't know, we recently partnered up with the Habibis in an ongoing long-term partnership. And part of this partnership allows us to have a, a, a legendary one-of-one royal, which is actually a Satoshi runner disguised as a Habibi, or maybe the other way around. But in any case, this gives us the ability to yield oil, and we're giving our holders the option to exchange that Satoshi token into oil. So now, all of a sudden, you have access to three different ecosystems, right? You have the ability to uh, to spend your Satoshis on NFTs, whitelists, and uh, and tool subscriptions in the Satoshi marketplace. You also have the option to flat out trade your Satoshis for oil and sell it on their LP, right? And you have the power also to trade your Satoshis for oil. And if you're in both Habibis and SR ecosystems, you can actually take that token and exchange for whitelists and NFTs from their marketplace. So it opens up so many different avenues of what you can do with one token. It's not just the cliche, oh yeah, one ETH equals one ETH. No, that's not the case at all. Because one Satoshi tokens can equal so many different things. And when that flexibility is, is open to holders, I think that is, uh, that's, uh, that's what allows us to free, uh, free up a lot of space in order to pivot between metas. Because as you know, the meta can change in this space ever so quickly. So having yes. that flexibility to pivot is so, so important for our holders. And that's why... And that's why I egg on every single YouTube video about the, the importance of cross-compatible <laughs> ecosystem token. And I really yeah, appreciate I, you for, I, I for picking that could, up. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely could see this happening because like, like you know, when we were in the Web2 space, you know, brands, similar brands usually are competitors. But in the Web3 space, actually, all NFT projects through whitelist, giveaway and stuff like that, it, it's kind of like we are together uh, Per se, mm-hmm. and then we are not like competitors. So this is just one one way of proving it that you know you know one project one NFT project is working with another NFT project and then sharing the same ecosystem. But one thing I have to ask, and it might maybe it's a little bit technical, but how do you control? Because you know, oil have its own liquidity pool. Um, you guys have your own. So how do you control? You know, like one satoshi equals to how many oil and stuff like that. Yes, that's an excellent question. Actually, over the past week and a half, uh, Boxes of Art and I have been uh, doing a CMA on that, which is a comparative market analysis. Essentially, what we're trying to do is we're trying to pair up the like the yield curve trends, like how much does each project yield in their tokens per day and how much does X amount of oil sell on their LP. Now we take that data and compare it back onto the daily data for Satoshi runners how much uh, Satoshi tokens are being sold, for example, uh, for 0.01 ETH per day, 
And then we take that math and we try to make it so if you were to exchange your Satoshi tokens for oil on this given day, you are just a little bit less profiting if you were to sell it to another person that's buying the Satoshi token straight up. Because this is an automated and guaranteed way to, to trade your Satoshi tokens, right? Whereas if you were to sell it, you have to look for the right, uh, you have to look for the right buyer and you have to look for the right person to, uh, to complete the trade. So while we offer the guaranteed option, it has to be a little bit less under the profit margin for it to make, so for it to be fair for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, are you guys also planning to expand not only oil, but other uh, whitelist or marketplace with other community? Yes, that's uh, one of the different options we have going on with the Habibis as well. Uh, so with the oil, you can, like we were saying, you can actually take the oil and do whatever you want with it, right? But another option, two options we have is that we can actually trade the oil that we have with, uh, with Ramos' team. And we can say, hey, we'll give you this much oil. Can you allocate us five um, like moon cats or whatever whitelist spots? And they'll do it. So now like we give them back their tokens and they give us their allocations. And then through that, we're able to share the whitelist access that we have. Yeah, as, as a project, right? So, for example, projects can able to trade trade in oil, not, not just the individual holders, get more allocation from uh, the Habibis and then sell back on your ecosystem uh, to Satoshi Runners holders. Yeah, that is correct. And uh, I believe um, uh, Habibis also recently implemented a new system where some partner projects are actually able to mint straight out with oil. So for our holders that are involved in both ecosystems and they know about this, this is actually an extremely strong tool for them to not spend Ethereum on these mints because now all of a sudden they have access to two ecosystems with an LP and they can still use that oil to mint. They don't have to spend any ETH. That's, I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah, because like, like you know, for example, the, the first that did it was like uh, BYC. You can use Ape. Ape coins to mint and then I also saw like Habibi the latest project you can use oil to mint so I think you know mo moving forward this will definitely benefit the holders especially the genesis or person who have hackers uh, you know when they are when they just have to stake it and then you know new projects coming out uh, good projects high you know high hype behind it they can definitely can just hop on um, towards towards it without you know even forking out new money and I think this definitely is able to give the genesis even more value I agree. And since the beginning days in March, I, I think I speak on behalf of all of our cruise ships, which is uh, our, our whales. It's our, it's our nickname for our community. So for all <laughs> what, what you call them? What, what do you call uh, them? We call them cruise ships. Cruise ships? Uh, cr cruise ships. Yes, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so for our cruise ship holders, it's, um, it, it's a, it is a sensitive topic because I know that a lot of our cruise ships have a lot of Satoshi tokens and they were actively looking for guaranteed ways to trade their Satoshi for guaranteed profit. And that is hard, right? It's, it's, it's hard to guarantee anything in, yeah. the, in the Web3 space. But for these guys, having a lot of Satoshis for a long time, their only uh, true outlet back then that was guaranteed was probably buying NFTs from the market. But now in this Freeman meta, there's like so much, so much, so much opportunities to be making money. And I think the community is starting to realize this as well. So Satoshi uh, spending and expenditure has increased dramatically, even though we are in a, in a bear market. The stats don't lie, right? The people are more confident in the ecosystem token. People are willing to take the shot at these Freemans. And I think it's just a matter of time before people understand that 
wow, compared to, I, I don't want to throw any partner projects under the bus. I'm not going to say anything, but compared to XYZ project, Satoshi tokens or, and Satoshi NFTs are so affordable uh, compared to the, the whitelist and the utility that they can provide from the marketplace. And I think this really does speak volumes to how we are still moving despite the market conditions. And it's just that people haven't actually caught on up to it yet. So I think with some, with more attention, exposure, and marketing around this aspect, I think more and more people will funnel their attention towards the Genesis collection. Yeah, definitely. Because talk, talking about the Freemium Meta, uh, I think last two days there's also another project called Being, and you know Being is also a Freemium, mm-hmm. and it it uh, went up to you know zero uh, point one. So it's definitely profit there, right there. If you if you minted through whitelist, you sell definitely is like a. I would I would say a guaranteed profit. So when, even though when it's bear or when it's bull, there's always money to be made in the market. And when you know more and more people starting to get the trend, understand you know how how this thing works, more people will monetize it. And when monetization comes, um, definitely, you know people will appreciate uh, projects that is actively giving out opportunities uh, like this. And you know if, even even. For example, getting a Genesis uh, in this market is, is really cheap right now uh, for your collection. And new people can just hop onto it and utilize this. And I think it's one thing that I'm also happy to do uh, this space with you is because, you know, I think more people should hop on into your ecosystem. Uh, you guys are building something great here. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, just yeah. to just to piggyback a little bit of off the off the what the free list uh, sorry free list the Freeman meta you were talking about it is true right because in this time now like how how has the meta changed since three four months ago like what is a whitelist for back then like long story short it's to prevent gas wars right it's to ensure that you have a spot so you don't have to pay heaps and bounds for gas but how has that meta evolved since three months ago. Whitelists are no longer really to stop gas wars. They're really there to secure your opportunity to even have a shot at minting. Because if you don't have that opportunity in the whitelist in the pre in the pre-sale, you're basically going up against a thousand, ten thousand robots, AIs, and people that control bots in the in the public. Yeah. So if you don't have a shot in pre-sale, you're definitely not going to have a shot in public. And we understand that it's it's very difficult to, in this day and age to to spam on Discord or spam on Twitter and get noticed by founders. It's very tough. So we we want to do that for you, right? We don't want you to spend eight hours, 10 hours a day to, to, to spend good morning, a hello, and retweet everything from a project just to get their attention. So instead, like being a holder here and accumulating tokens, we offer you that access to get onto these hyped uh, hype projects and white, um, whitelist mints, free mints before they even blow up. So we were able to bring our community really high projects such as Kuma Boss, uh, Mint Story, was an, uh, Angry Dinos, and Sea Raiders that's minting next week. And we were able to secure these so, so early before they actually blew up. So I think that yeah. the access and the, yeah, the flexibility and the access to such projects, it really does speak volumes on how valuable and uh, sorry, how undervalued Satoshi Runners is. And I truly believe that the Genesis Collection will see a lot more attention in the weeks moving forward. In the weeks moving forward, yeah, talking about Kumo Boss is also another good project that you know that did well and people profited, right? So even in the market right now, there's like many tons of projects that is doing market marketplace, but marketplace that is truly valuable is that it's not really you have the marketplace, but your collab your collab team that is able to get good projects on it, and you know I think one thing that really stand out is you know having a good ecosystem. 
uh, I think your your babies, uh, you know, used to breed the babies, burning um, your satoshis provide a good uh, ecosystem overall. Mm-hmm. And then this is something really important in terms of the tokenomics. So um, maybe can I want to talk about, you know, any plans after, you know, the babies? What, what are the plans? Um, for example, are you guys moving to the metaverse or what's the next big thing that you guys are working on? So originally, uh, bridging into metaverse was part of the roadmap, and I think that is a. I think that's kind of a default thing that projects like to throw on, throw on their roadmaps because that used to be the meta back then. That's the buzzword that we all were very fixated to back in uh, March <laughs> and April. But I think the unfortunate truth is that if you're going to be allocating uh, research like devs and funds into creating something that may not even exist by the time you get there, I think that is a risky investment. For me, I would much rather the team and the founders allocate the resources to provide the most value for our holders right now, like today. So that way, our holders are benefiting from this value every single day along the week. And we can, as we said, we have the flexibility, we can pivot. So if the meta turns into the metaverse in, in August, we can adhere to that. If the Freeman meta dies and all of a sudden we're back on the whitelist meta in, in, in September, we can adhere to that. So I think having that flexibility to do research and pivot is much more important than having a concrete roadmap that that says, okay, we're going to do this regardless if it's going to fail or succeed. This is what we're going to do. I think that's I think that's a little bit hard headed and a little bit naive in the in the Web three space. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. In the Web three space, every time you need to be the first to pivot, and if you don't, you you kind of being left behind. Imagine right now mm-hmm. that you know. Um, Freeman is the is the thing is the hype, and you guys uh, or, or projects out there just keep on promoting their metaverse. It doesn't bring any benefit to the holders, and holders will just move on, right? It has to be a yep. project whereby it's flexible. I I believe that you know the roadmap is kind of like a backbone, but even if the pro the project don't follow the roadmap, it doesn't matter as long as the project keeps on delivering and what is relevant in the market right now. So. If if the market yeah. is about freemint and you are in front of it doing it, and then when it pivots, you guys are ready to pivot to that, then definitely listeners, you know, or the holders see the value in it. In the end of the day, um, we are in the NFT market. Definitely, we want profit. Everybody wants profit. Uh, mm-hmm. Having profit, uh, vibing with the community, and then you know, being the the front or the the first project that does something innovative. I think this is what really makes projects stand out and definitely, you know, new people will, will see that and it, it's, it's kind of hard these days, you know, because, you know, for example, when I'm joining, when I'm being in my Discord, right, every day I'm joining new servers and projects that once I was a holder, I just, I, I'm, I'm guilty of, you know, just dropping out, not, not talking anymore in the Discord, right? So yeah. definitely <laughs> that's a reason. You know, that... <laughs> Don't tell me you're not guilty, bro. Oh, no, 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 I did that just two days ago. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, so d- definitely we always need something new. And if the project, mm-hmm. there's nothing new, we will fall off. And, you know, of course, definitely people come and people go. But I think what, what is really important in this space, especially right now, is that, you know, projects pivot to benefit their holders. And as long as the holders know what the founders want to do, uh, why it's changed, I think people who really vibe your project, they don't mind. They, they, they actually don't really mind. And even if I'm in so many communities that, you know, they always pivot. But as long as it benefits me, I have no reason to complain. 
Yeah, I do agree that with that 100%. And then on the topic of just like being flexible to, to pivot and the no roadmap meta, I think um, there's this meme and cliche that everyone kind of has sewn into their brains a little bit, which is the, I'm sure you've all heard this saying, um, under promise, over deliver, right? Yeah. It's very easy to under promise and over deliver if you have no roadmap, because literally waking up in the morning and typing hello is over delivering. Right. <laughs> so I think people, people kind of brought that notion. Of, oh, no roadmap, this and that. Sure. That is great to fulfill, like f- to fulfill whatever ego that you want to want to go. You don't want to overpromise. I get that. But having the backbone, as you said, is very important. Having the general direction for your holders to at least be able to see where this direction is going. That is also very important. So I would much rather have that than, uh, than a concrete dead roadmap. And also, I, I would much rather have a flexible uh, roadmap than to have no roadmap at all, if that makes any sense. So we, we want to be in the middle. We want to be in the middle. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so current, currently, um, how, how big is your team? Are you guys all towards um, in, in the Canada area or you guys you know, work remotely? Uh, we are all over the world. So uh, I'm from Canada. And uh, oh my god, I almost outed these guys. Just looking at my list, um, uh, several of our team members are from uh, in Asia, and then there's a couple of uh, guys from Europe, and then our developers are also spanning across from Europe and Asia as well. So we're we're literally all over the world. Yeah, I think one thing I can see, uh, even me being in the Kaiju Friends, um, I'm on the head mod there. There's really just tons of opportunities uh, meeting people all all around the world. And I think one thing, you know, in, in this space right now, what we need is um, just different um, different team working in a, in a project. Because, like, imagine it's the, the whole team is just Southeast Asia-centric. Then definitely everything that you do, you just focus on Southeast Asia. But if your team is, you know, all around the world, then definitely you have more ideas, uh, different cultures, shapes, different ideas. And I think this, this is something that is really great in the Web3 space. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Actually, so, yeah, I, yeah. oh, sorry, I, I was just going to say, because you, you mentioned um, <clears throat> amongst what other things that we are working on. And uh, so I guess this is going to be some alpha for our holders right now in this in the audience, because I'm, I'm not allowed to say this on announcements yet. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that we have been working on was our ongoing partnership with Moonbears and the Trippy Node. And I'm, I'm sure you guys have all known, uh, the Trippy node has probably become the number one node service in all of Web3 just this past month. Because coming up to this, we had, uh, who, who did we have? We had Just Cubes, right? We had uh, NFT Sensei, which is a derivative of a VIP uh, Trippy node, actually. So up until this point, there was no clear winner on who was the best. But then Trippy node came up with that article the other day that basically compared their stats with a Just Cubes hypernode. And it was like something like four or five times faster, something really ridiculous, not even com- not even comparable. So we were uh, dis- we were discussing about how we can renew this membership with them because we did have a partnership going on, and their prices have more than doubled since uh, since May. It's actually pretty crazy. So we were able to actually secure an amazing, amazing discounted deal with uh, with VIP uh, Trippy you know, and Trippy Fish. Like these guys are like these guys are a hundred percent brothers like they are they really really hooked us up so i don't know if anyone's in that community here but if you're from moon bears uh, please say a thank you to the trippy fish you guys are amazing so yeah so, these guys were able so to give for, us a... oh, go so ahead. For, for, yeah so for moon bear they provide tools 
Uh, they provide tools as well. Yes, that is the next phase of the partnership. But for now, we were just trying to figure out the uh, the logistics behind uh, behind the the node itself because for their node there's multiple packages there's also a differentiation between a public node and a private node so we wanted to make sure that we were able to acquire the best nodes at the best price given the number of holders that we have that are actually interested in it because we had um we had allocations for about up to one thousand spots on our node services but only a couple of a handful of our holders actually uh, splurge on the nodes. So this time going forward, we want to make sure we really hit the, the perfect balance. We want to allocate the VIP spots to our holders that actually want it. And we don't want to overly purchase a bunch of nodes that at the end of the day won't get used. Yeah, definitely. I, I can see, you know, um, you, you guys are really um, doing in just many other things on the site. Um, is, is, would you say your project is more towards uh, delivering more utility um, tools and stuff like that? Uh, as and as compared to what? As a PF compared to a PFP project? Compared to a PFP IP uh, merchandising real life events. Uh, that's that's not to say that we won't uh, pivot into that direction into the future, but I think currently, yes, we're definitely all about utility. We're we're all about information and access. So. Being a holder of Satoshi Runners gives you that access to Tribunode, as we already talked about, right? It also gives you access to our uh, to our alpha channel. It gives you access to our marketplace. And just being in the discussion with our holders, it really does give you a lot of intel on what the space is about. And I think more importantly than that, having the Satoshi tokens mean and the alpha paired together and the Tribunode, it means that you can literally not be too involved in the space. Like you can have you can have a day job. <laughs> you can be a holder, have a day job, and come back and just catch the highlight points of our alpha callers, and you can still proceed with mints, and you can still get on the white lists with the Satoshi tokens because hey, like no one, no one wants to grind, right? <laughs> so I think, <laughs> yeah. that is the, I think that is the ultimate like pitch that we really have with like Satoshi runners. You can just be in the ecosystem, and it's like a, it could be a catch-all one project. Like you can just be in one project and you can have access to all the things that you need to be successful in the NFT Web3 space. And I think that is extremely powerful. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with this. Um, right now, I think, you know, grinding, leveling, this this don't seem to be the, the, the case right now. I think people are more <laughs> to, um, you know, getting in projects because what even if you grind 20 hours a day, doesn't mean you get it. <laughs> most of the yeah, most of the spots exactly. probably go to go to different alpha colors and stuff like that. So why why spend money or you know why waste your time in something that you don't know the result whereas compared to you know joining in a project the chances are actually much more higher than you grinding. And I think definitely you know um in, in this space right now people can go to multiple projects get whitelist and then still able to hop onto the meta and like what you said right you still can have a day job and be active or, you know, get the latest updates in the NFT space in one project. Yeah, I think this is just a really strong uh, USP for your projects. Absolutely, yes. Uh, as you said, like, nobody wants to grind. And I think for anybody in this space, time should be your most precious commodity, right? If you're not spending time with your or working, grinding on NFT or spending with your family, like, what are you doing with your time? Your time is so limited, you only have 24 hours a day. Like, you got to spend that correctly. And as much as we, as much as we love our holders, we want you to spend time, like touching grass, spending time with your family, doing your work. So let us grind for you while you're not here and you're in front of your computer and Discord twenty four seven. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think that that is really that is really a good point. So uh, I I think I I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I'm really happy that you guys are on board today. And I think that that is my last question. I learned a lot from you guys. Any last words to the holders or the, the people who are listening in the space right now? Uh, I mean, <laughs> last words. Wow, it sounds so grim all of a sudden. Um. I would say uh, definitely if you guys are interested in skipping the skipping the grind and getting in on these really hyped free mints, follow Satoshi Runners. Uh, a shameless self plug: follow Ice underscore NFTs. Turn on notifications because we drop a lot of hints regarding free mints. We drop a lot of hints regarding uh, when these uh, listings on our marketplace will happen. So definitely being in the know will improve your chances. But we're also very consciously aware that we have holders and friends and family from all over the world, right? So we want to be as fair as possible. And we're trying our absolute best to allocate these mints and uh, whitelist spots to in different batches. So every everyone from different, uh, different time zones around the world have an equal shot at getting it. So I do understand there are some holders that very unfortunate they're at work they're out whenever we drop stuff but just know that we are reading it we don't respond to everything but we read every single one of your messages and we will try our best to make sure that you guys get us uh, get a solid shot at getting these whitelists awesome thanks thanks so much for 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 joining uh, this space i think you definitely you know give me give me some of the information about your project that's really helpful to you know people who want to hop onto your project yeah, definitely. Um, actually, we wanted to we wanted to ask you guys some uh, some stuff as well. I mean, all we just spent like forty minutes talking about Satoshi Runners. <laughs> sure, that's uh, I know. Um, I actually uh, boxes. Are are you there right now? Uh, yep. Yeah, we actually had a we had some questions that we wanted to ask you uh, <laughs> regarding Kaiju friends. Uh, boxes, did you wanna did you wanna take the stage for a second? Yeah, I think. You can go ahead and ask me the questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. My, my bad, bro. I just, <laughs> just felt like I probably brought him out onto stage for no reason. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like uh, what you guys going on. Well, obviously, with Kaiju Kings, Kaiju Friends, I, I think the art is probably have already solidified its space in, like, as a pseudo boot ship in, like, in the NFT world. So congratulations off that. I think anyone that sees anyone, yeah, you're welcome. Anyone that sees the artwork, they know exactly what it is. So that, that, that is huge, huge, powerful branding in my eyes. So can you share a little bit with the audience about what is the story behind Kaiju Friends and what inspired you guys to come forth with the project? So, so basically, um, if, if you have met Ray, Ray is, uh, when he joined the space, I actually met him through Doodles. So I first, first when I come in the space last year, probably mid-March, um, I, I, joined, I joined in... Um, in Doodle and from Doodle I actually launched my own project so I launched my own project and Red was one of the holders of my project and that is where uh, you know me and him become friends and during that time you know once um, Red joined Doodle he hopped on to Kaiju King and he was really you know just vibing um, with Kaiju Kings as hard as possible like if you say you know <laughs> there's so many projects out there I, I think he don't change his discord Day in day out, he's just talking about kaiju king all the time, and so so that time you know um he he was man- he managed he always wanted to launch a project right, and um in in that space of you know ha- hanging out with uh, the kaiju king discord he get to know um dots 
and and few of the people there. So he he actually is is just a simple idea of asking uh, writing a note to um, dots in 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 the in the um, ticket and through the in, through the ticket he wrote his whole white paper basically uh, to them. Wow. And then once once they see it, so Kaiju Kaiju King, right? Um, what Red want to do actually the project is the whole project is just a vision of what rates want to contribute back to the Kaiju King community. So it's very simple, right? So basically, if you know um, Kaiju Kings, you can breed and then you have the uh, R-Ways. So what we do yep. was, um, you know, he, his projects, his white paper, he just said that this, you know, 50% of the fund raise, right, will be used to purchase the Genesis. So currently, right now, in the world of uh, Kaiju friends, we have around 51 Genesis. So every three days, we are able to create um, a baby Kaiju. So baby Kaiju, oh, we give away. Okay. so we will give away. Um, so if you are holders right now, for example, you hold 10, um, 10 Kaiju friends or you hold one Kaiju friends, you are able to join this raffle. So this system is something, um, I, I, I would say, a very sustainable system because Ever since we have this system, we don't really need to touch the fund, um, you know, the, the remainder 50% of the fund. Why I say this is because just imagine um, back two, two months ago, every three days we are able to create one uh, baby kaiju. At that time, it was selling for one ETH. So with this baby kaiju, um, you can decide either if you want to sell the R-Ways. Uh, one R-Ways at that time was around 5 USD. Um, mm-hmm. You Either you can... Every every three days, we are giving out one if to the holders. So this is something that uh, we are actively doing uh, because up to now, I think you know, there's if every day we mean three, we still have five years to to fully mean the uh, kaiju babies. So right. this is the, yeah, right. So it's it's a pretty pretty long time. And what what we want to do is you know we having our ways. We have so many places that we can do. For example, um. Holding the R-Ways, we can either, you know, um, use it, burn burn the R-Ways to make baby. Um, the baby, we can give it to the holders or we can sell to get the profit. Next, we can use R-Ways, not only R-Ways, we can uh, change it to scales, which is another coin that um, Kaiju King has to join the game and, you know, reward people by playing the game. Next, we can also sell the R-Ways, um, get, get fun to actually... Um, sweep the floor and things like that. So that is that definitely a lot of play uh, we can do of holding the Genesis holder. So uh, holding the Genesis Kaiju. So this is just one section of it. And after that, you know, the next section of uh, Kaiju Friends, basically, you know, we have a game in play. So the game is uh, currently still building. Uh, we recently invested in a bar in Singapore. So this bar is called Barof. I think uh, boxes will be there um, I think next Friday, <laughs> right? Because um, the they are, the Gojiras um, will be having an event in Barof. So um, oh. basically, this bar is not just um, an NFT gallery. It's an NFT gallery. It's a bar. It's an event space. It's where people, you know, come into social. So just imagine this, like, you know, if in in the space right now, if you want to host an NFT uh, event, we do it NYC. If you want to host it in Southeast Asia, probably you will do it in Singapore. It's because Singapore yeah. is currently is a crypto haven. So 
having a bar there in Singapore, we Kaiju fans not only you know we have a Web three presence, uh, we also want to have a Web two presence in terms of having a bar, having an event space whereby you know Southeast Asia projects can come over, uh, wipe with it. We have a gallery for artists and stuff like that. Wow, that is that's actually <laughs> that sounds so fun. I wonder if Box is actually going to go. He's he's probably sitting there and like, okay, I got to plan this weekend off. <laughs> Boxes, are you going to go? I I think Friday it will be in Zook. Uh, Saturday will be will be in Barov. Uh, I don't think so. I I have a job in real life, <laughs> so I don't think I have enough time to go now. Bro, okay, you you have to go in Saturday. I will go to Barov and I will ask everybody that join IU boxes. If not, you have to come, bro. <laughs> you will probably not find me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so maybe I can go on with with one more thing. Um, you you might be wondering how come I'm speaking from um Pukecast instead of Kaiju Friends, right? Yes, totally. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what we want to do is we want to tackle um, when we talk about networking, right? We want to tackle mm-hmm. not only the Web two space but the Web three space. So, think about Web two. We have Kaiju friends have invested in the bar, but Web three we have Pukecast. So, Pukecast basically, my name is Puke Rainbow. That's why it's named under me. I'm the official um, the podcaster for Kaiju friends, and we want to be. Um, empowering people so for example you know um, we want to start off by just doing twitter space with different projects uh, first off and once we build a community of you know people who wants to just hear from the founders um, I, I we just started like two weeks ago currently it's up to episode seven so we're just constantly speaking to you know founders people uh, different projects in the space right now and it, i want this is probably just an education space whereby people come and the the end goal is for example you know um, we will be wanting to innovate or empower people. So if you are a YouTuber, for example, you are a podcaster, you are an artist, um, and any anybody that you want to be, for example, you are a musician, um, you want to showcase your music, you can go to our web tool bar in Barov. If you are a podcaster, you oh, can join yeah. Inputcast and you can maybe host different language like Chinese, uh, like Bahasa. If you are a YouTuber, you can use through Pukecast in the YouTube create videos for us uh, if you are an artist you want a space to uh, display your NFT you can go to our NFT gallery in Singapore to host it so I would say Web3 will be Pukecast uh, Web2 will be Barov so this is where we come hand in hand to create a I think it, it's like more towards networking um, empowering different people yeah, I think that's an amazing idea, especially because like everything with uh, Web3 now nowadays is uh, how do you stand out through the noise, right? And having this kind of branding, having this kind of a facility, if you're there, you automatically know that everyone else that is there is there for the same reason as you. So that automatically shuts off a lot of the extra white noise that would otherwise be interfering with like the marketing and branding that you guys are doing. I think this is an amazing, amazing work that you guys are taking. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah so but what what you say is really true we started off wanting to be a gaming nft and now we we kind of like deviate into a networking nft so like what you say you definitely have a roadmap but you have to pivot into what the community wants and then only people will find value in it yep that's right 
the project is like it's not just about what you guys want to right it's about what your community wants and it's about what the voice is telling you guys like i mean if if everybody in their your community knows something and you want to do something else there's a really obvious dissonance between you and the community so like something's got to change something's got to change and adapt so i think that's having the flexibility again and we talk about this so many times today now mm-hmm. having that flexibility is so 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 important in the nft space and i'm i'm glad that both of our projects are kind of heading towards that direction that sounds that sounds like absolutely amazing yeah definitely that's why we are talking bro 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. i think um hey man i think in the future just like i mean if this is the first time we've actually spoken uh like directly spoken like voice to voice and i think uh in the future definitely if we have more opportunities to speak whether it's on this project or another or just have a uh, have opportunities to kind of uh, to grow together that definitely we'll be interested in speaking and uh, if we have any at these events we'll be happy to invite you to to host as well because sure. you're, uh, you're really fun, we, you're yeah, really fun guy and it's really <laughs> enjoyable chatting with you yeah definitely yeah, we, are, we are down to it um, you know we can, it can also be you know like three different projects talk together the opportunity is endless bro yeah, yeah, we were actually just um, part of that tw- NFT Twitter Titan mega space where 10 different projects came to talk and I think the Twitter space lattice lasted for like two, three hours or something kind of ridiculous. But but the point is that <laughs> that it could happen and it's good for everyone. It's bring, it brings exposure to everybody. And at the end of the day, it's free and you can come and win prizes. So why not? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And actually, and speaking of prizes, um, we do have a we do have a whitelist raffle going on in secret uh, from our Discord. And I did make an announcement. So for people that are, were currently still in this chat. There is, um, we're giving away three whitelist spots for, uh, for Potato. And it's going to be, I have chosen two winners already during the, uh, during this AMA. But yes, uh, events like, yeah, events bro, like this just happens give it, bro, all bro, the time. Bro, just give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said there was one more. Uh, we have given out all the whitelist spots. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure something out for you, brother. But definitely, yeah. So being involved, being active. We want to. We want to also reward our holders just for spending time with us too. It's not always. It's just about spending money. As we said, time is your most precious commodity, and we appreciate every single one of you guys for attending and and, and allocating that time towards us. So thank you for thank you for that. Yeah, awesome. So once again, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for everybody who's uh, who's listening right now. If you guys don't know what's Potato, basically it's uh, the Memeland project. So just head over to the Discord, join it. Uh, if you don't join, the spot is mine, alright? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take care, brother. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for okay. hosting us today. Thank you for coming out today, everyone. Yeah. Enjoying the podcast? Go to the PewCast Twitter page and subscribe to the newsletter. We'll write a summary that you can read in three to five minutes if you don't have time to tune in. Remember to click the notification button so you don't miss the next episode. All Things Rainbow. All Things Rainbow.